uh, in Jonesboro, Arkansas tonight. And uh, he may join in at some point through the show if he gets a chance to call in. We will, uh, uh, hopefully, we'll have our weekly Tiger Takes visit with Auburn senior guard Zepp Jasper at around 5.30 today following a disappointing performance last night by the Tigers. I talked about it a little yesterday. Athens, uh, Stegman Coliseum has, has not been a, you know, a, a great place for Auburn basketball. You know, I mentioned yesterday the series so close. It is now 99-97 in Auburn's favor after Georgia's 76-64 win last night. We were on the air uh, for the first half hour of the show, so I wasn't able to, you know, see all of the early action, would look up and, and catch something. Honestly, I missed the fact that Auburn never led. Because when we left here, Georgia was on a run and had gone up 21 to 10. Uh, Auburn must have led, I guess, uh, Georgia scored the first five. Next time I looked up, it was 11 to 10. So Auburn led somewhere in there because they, they did, according to the, according to the stats and everything while, while we were, you know, checking during the game, Auburn had one lead, but it was a game just, uh, controlled by Georgia throughout and the Georgia backcourt was the difference in the game. Bruce Pearl, following the game, uh, you know, expressed his um, concerns with the Auburn guard play. We'll let you hear a little bit of that. Really good game for Janai Broom, who, I mean, quite a scare there early when uh, when he reached down, when he uh, went down and grabbed the back of his ankle. And, boy, you started thinking this, this could be really bad. But he came back, finished with 22-12. and 12. Last night, the only other player in double figures for the Tigers last night was Alan Flanagan. So Auburn drops to one and one in conference play, and they will host the Arkansas Razorbacks on Saturday. Again, we'll let you hear some of Bruce Pearl's comments. We'd love your thoughts on uh, on anything sports wise. Obviously, we'll we'll talk a good bit of Auburn basketball. We'll talk some football recruiting, the transfer portal uh, continuing. Auburn's had quite a few players. On campus, I, I think a lot of the guys who were in yesterday have moved on because there is a, a brief window um, that goes through Sunday. Started yesterday, goes through Sunday for transfer portal. Uh, uh, the players that are in the transfer portal to be able to visit. And remember, most schools are going to be starting classes here in the next week or so, including Auburn which starts next Wednesday. So a lot of players are making one-day stops. I mean, you're going to see um, or, or hear of some players that in the five-day window, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, visit five different schools because they get those five visits and they want to be in school and going through spring ball. We'll talk about some of the players that have been on campus, uh, some of the others that are expected to be on campus, and um, and and then – sort of regular recruiting with the transfer portal gets going again next weekend. Starting next weekend, Auburn can host visits from high school, junior college, and transfer portal players. But uh, right now, it's, it is all transfer portal as far as uh, recruiting is concerned. Hey, um, we'll, we'll get to the, the big news of the day 
after we first take care of some business, reminding you that our number one of the drive is brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And they're also the sponsor of our hotline, where you can join in with your uh, um, your calls, questions, comments by dialing 33. You don't dial. Nobody dials anymore. But, you know, you hear that. It's almost like uh, you know, people are wondering, why would you say dial? Well, whatever. However you, and however you, you know, either you, if you tell your phone or if you push on your phone or whatever, 334-321-1390. You can also text us. The uh, drive text box brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, and that number is 334-564-1840. Well, the the big news of the day is uh, just amazingly good news as Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin showing, quote, substantial improvement according to doctors at the University of Cincinnati's Medical Center today. One of the doctors uh, said that uh, uh, DeMar is still considered critically ill and significant progress is needed, but Hamlin able to move his hands and feet. He was responsive. I mean, after, you know, word had come earlier that he'd opened his eyes and able to um, move his hands and feet, unable to speak yet, but was able to write. And the first, apparently the first thing he wrote was, did we win the game? Uh, and, and I thought it was... Uh, Thought it was uh, uh, re- really uh, great, the response from the doctor, Dr. Timothy Pritz, who said, the answer is, yes, DeMar, you won. You won the game of life. So, I mean, that is just uh, uh, amazingly good news after, uh, you know, Hamlin having to have CPR administered to him both on the field and apparently uh, after being taken away in the in the ambulance the other night, so um, that is that is just a tremendous, tremendous news. So that's really, I mean, there's your top story everywhere. We're going to get to um, to what was not a a pretty performance last night over in Athens, a game where, as I said, I mean, Georgia controlled throughout, and uh, at at one point. Um, with I think with about four minutes left to go in the ball game, and I I, I can I'll pull up the box here and, and look at it uh, to give you to give you the the absolute final numbers. Honestly, I didn't really want to spend too much time looking at the box score last night after watching the game, but uh, um, but with four minutes to go in the ball game, Auburn had fifty seven points, and Janai Broom had twenty of those. Auburn's guards. All the guards that had played had combined for a total of 16. So, I mean, it was a rough night, not just offensively, though. The Georgia guards were able to get by the Auburn guards defensively, and that's something, you know, that that Bruce Pearl and Auburn have really prided themselves on has been their um, their defense, not letting, not letting guys, especially guards, be able to get by, penetrate. Uh, now, I, I thought, you know, the... The the Auburn um, the the Auburn defense just wasn't as good as it as it has been, and it needs to be. Boy, it really needs to be good on the road because you're not liable to shoot the ball well on the road. Auburn is not going to be a great shooting team. We know that. Uh, 
But uh, you, you would hope that they can shoot better than, you know, right at 20% from three and under 35% for the, from the floor. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's something I don't know how much better it can get, but, but Auburn has to be better with defensively and handling the ball. Uh, as we said, we've, we've got some post-game comments from Coach Bruce Pearl. Uh, we'll let you hear those. Love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. We'll go ahead and run uh, Coach Pearl's post-game comments following Auburn's 76-64 loss last night over in Athens. Um, the guards are really good. Um, um, and I think that Roberts makes a huge difference for them. Um, we've Our challenge has been when going up against really good guards, elite guards, Memphis, USC. And I do think that Aquindo and Roberts are, I do, you know, I put them in a category. I mean, Aquindo, obviously, we know what he can do. Um, Roberts is playing great right now, and his size um, was, a, you know, was a factor in there. Um, we did a great job on the big kid, uh, Bridges on the inside. Uh, we, 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 you know, we, we won that battle at five. Um, and, and so Janai did another good job, doing a good job defensively. Um, but we needed to win more one-on-one battles. So Jalen Williams needed to win his matchup. We can't, you know, we can't win if Jalen Williams goes one for nine. You know, we just can't. Um, and uh, didn't get off to a very good start, which you have to do on the road in order to win. And they did. Uh, which gave them obviously some confidence, and so um, we got to get better point guard play. Questions? Anyone? Bruce, uh, can you pinpoint kind of the struggles for your guards? I mean, obviously defensively they, they, they gave you a hard time, but offensively not a whole lot of production for your guards tonight. You know, um, we do the best we can in ball screen coverage to try to help the guards get through, and um, our guards are having a hard time. Stay in front of you know, stay in front of people. Um, you can go under, and and kind of build a wall a little bit, um, and maybe you do that against teams that really struggle to shoot the ball and let them sort of shoot behind. That could be something we go to. It's not something that I've done before very often, um, but you know, keeping guards in front of us has become an issue, and our bigs do a pretty good job of helping them. But getting the guards back in front and competing to stay in front's an issue. Bruce, um, they scored 36 points in the paint. What were they able to do? Uh, the- Left, just driving at us. Just driving at us. Couldn't stay in front of them. Wasn't their post-up game. They didn't score. They didn't score at all in a post-up, and that's what they're good at. Bridge is really good at. Just drove, drove us downhill. Bruce, it seemed every time he made a run in the second half, he cut it to four like three times. Just couldn't make a basket for a while. Yeah. Was that just was that anything Georgia did, or was it just you guys? Uh, Mike did a nice job changing defense a couple times. You know, he changed his zone. I thought we got the ball. We got got some good looks. We had a few empty possessions. Uh, in there against his own. Do you guys expect the double teams that consistently, and, and what, what made those difficult? Um, yeah, I mean, we expected some of the double teams, and, and, and maybe we didn't handle them that great. But, um, you know, I think both Jalen and, and Janai, who were double teamed, uh, you know, Jalen had four assists, no turnovers, so he did a good job getting the ball out. Janai could do a better job of, of you know, he, th- he had some really careless passes. Al seemed to have a productive night. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was good to see Al. Uh, you know, Al, Al didn't play great against Florida and really worked hard all week long just coming in and grinding. 
and just having a really good attitude and doing the best he could um, instead of just you know being frustrated. And you know, it's interesting. God's got a way of blessing you know that that good behavior. You know, I just and I just told him I said, Al, even if you didn't play well tonight, you had a great week of preparation. And I could see Al working really hard to do the right things, do the little things, you know, just, you know, and, 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 he, and, he, and it translated pretty quickly. So that may be something we can build on. I thought Chris Moore played well, um, you know, again tonight. And obviously Janai had the double-double, but, you know, rather than 9 for 17, he, I think he should be 13 for 17. I mean, look at the shots. He, made, he missed a couple. He had a couple. It was good to see him knock down a couple threes. We can build on that a little bit. He shot the ball. We made one in Washington. He's made some in practice. I thought it could be a stretch drive. Hadn't shown any ability in the fall or summer, but he has recently. And so that could help us a little bit uh, offensively. Bruce Pearl following last night's uh, 76-64 loss to the Georgia Bulldogs. Tigers practicing as we speak. And again, uh, we hope to have Zepp Jasper joining us at 5.30, our weekly Tiger Takes. Uh, brought to you by the Alsobrook Law Group. We'll get to our first break. If we get a chance, we'll we'll let you hear some from Janai Broom, who had who was the bright spot for the Tigers last night. Twenty two points, twelve rebounds uh, for the uh, for the Tigers last night as they fell. But we'll get, we need to get to our first break. Love for you to join in again. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the number to get you through here on the Thursday Drive. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, 19 minutes after 4 o'clock here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill and Drew here in the studio Dan uh, said he could, he hopefully could check in at some point here during the show. Uh, Justin Ferguson, who's usually with us, couldn't be in today. Um, we'll have Justin in. I do know that uh, Brian Matthews is planning on being with us tomorrow. He's been under the weather. Um, I mean, a lot of folks, you know, the crazy weather, and uh, there's just been there's, there's COVID. Um, so many folks are, you know, uh, having to deal with that as well. But uh, hopefully Brian will be in with us tomorrow. We'll have Justin back uh, with us before too long. Um, sticking with uh, Auburn basketball from last night, yes, uh, Janai Broom, as as you heard Bruce uh, Bruce Pearl say, 9 of 17 from the floor. He was 2 of 5 shooting threes. Um, one thing that, that is a concern, though, is when Janai Broom makes more threes than anybody else on your team. And the other thing is, when you're not a good three-point shooting team, to shoot as many as Auburn does and did last night. Um, Auburn, as, as, uh, as you heard him ask, I think Mark Murphy was asking him, and that's something that, that while watching the game last night, yes, you'd see Auburn be able to come get within four, but then they, they couldn't, even if they got the opportunity, they had to ball a couple of times down four, but then they would almost immediately turn it over, give it back to Georgia. They couldn't ever cut it under four. Then when they got down, I guess it was 13, they cut it to nine and they're still, um, two and a half plus minutes to go. You don't have to take a three, but it seemed like at that point, Auburn really felt they had to score and they started bringing it down and immediately shooting threes. And, uh, that really made it virtually impossible for them to uh, come back. We'll let you hear, 
Um, some of the post-game comments from Janai Broom here. We'd love your thoughts. I mean, what you know, what options does Bruce Pearl have? I think Trey Donaldson. We've we've been talking about him for the last couple of weeks. I think you 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 just need to see him more. He is more of a facilitator, I believe, than uh, than, than than Auburn has there at the point. You you'd love to see a healthy Chance Westry, and you know he only got in for about a minute last night at the very end of the at the very end of the game, and and I know he's he's got to be struggling with his confidence, um, confidence in uh, you know how he's playing and and how healthy he is. But boy, he's somebody that Auburn really needs uh, as as well. So love your thoughts. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety to the phone we go. And Ed is up first. Hey Ed. Hey Bill, how how you doing, bud? Doing fine. Uh, uh, happy New Year. I, I don't think I'm yeah. Happy New Year. Year. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Has uh, Wendell Green. Uh, Wendell or Wendell, uh, mm-hmm. has he been sick or anything? Not that I know of. I mean, it's, uh, it is, it's, it's, it's Did very, you? it's very unfortunate. I mean, you look and, and I've seen a couple of, a couple of folks, uh, posting the numbers. I mean, Wendell's numbers are down pretty much across the board. KD's numbers are down pretty much across the board. I mean, scoring less, uh-huh. shooting percentages down, uh, assists down, turnovers up. Uh, but not that I know of, but I mean, they don't, they, you know, they don't let us know if, if guys aren't feeling well or things like that, but not to my knowledge. Uh, okay. Well, well, did you, uh, it's, uh, on AL.com and I think it was also on ON3.com, uh, uh, picture of him and he had bags. He looked, his eyes looked like a 35 year old man coming off a three year, you know, three day mm-hmm. binge or something. I mean, he really looked. Bad. Well, I mean, he 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 obviously. I mean, he could have his physically, his face, his eyes. He looked bad. Oh, I don't. I don't doubt it. I mean, there's so many folks. I don't know many folks that haven't gone through either the cold, the flu, COVID, something like that here over the last month or so. Yeah, and that that's what I, I you know I'm hoping. That, I hope that you know maybe it's something like that he can get over. But you know, uh, uh, some people jumping off, uh, you know, the, the boat. It's very disappointing, you know, and, it, 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 you know, I, if there's one thing you can do, you can get in the gym and you can just shoot basketballs. And, and you know, you can improve, you know, your shot. And it is so disappointing in, in how poorly they're shooting, you know. And, I, you know, but you... you I've got faith in the coaching staff, you know, and the players and all this. But uh, the other thing I was going to say, as far as the remaining about, how many more players do you think that uh, uh, Priest will, you know, add in this year's class? They've got about nine spots open, and most people oversigned if they can get the right players. But uh, I'm gonna hang up and just see what you're up there. I, I, I see some decent players. Out oh yeah, there. yeah. All right, thanks, bud. Appreciate the call, Ed. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I did the numbers, looked at the numbers yesterday, and I believe Auburn has 11 spots. That's if there is no, um, you know, if, if nobody else leaves, and there there will be some attrition. There will be some players that leave. Uh, I, I would think they'd like to. 
um, bring in 12 to fit 12 to 16 more players. Uh, quite a few of those through the portal. Obviously, offensive line is the priority. Line of scrimmage appears to be the priority. It was during the early signing period. It appears to be through this as well as we've seen, you know, player after player. Uh, yeah, we've, we've got a couple minutes. I can, I can run down some of the guys, um, that, that have been in. I know, like I said, few of the guys that were here yesterday are already gone. Some of them spent the night. A couple of others came and left. I believe uh, Gunnar Britton was just on campus and gone. The offensive tackle from Western Kentucky. Um, you had uh, Damian George, the uh, former Alabama offensive lineman who's out of Houston, uh, was, was in town. Uh, Marcellus Johnson is another offensive lineman that was, uh, I, I, yeah, I believe he's already gone as well uh micah mascua we talked about a little bit yesterday the baylor uh offensive lineman was in town and uh so i mean you can see they're really focusing there i mean they'd love to get two i mean you know auburn right now it's funny you know we, we've focused so much on tackle um auburn doesn't have a whole lot of depth inside either there's jeremiah wright uh cam stutz and that's pretty much it uh, at at the guard spot. So I think they'd like a guard or two. They'd like a tackle or two. Um, Mitch and Damian, George and Gunnar Britton. Dylan Wade is already, you know, signed with Auburn. But then on the defensive front, uh, Lawrence Johnson is a is a large young man. We we mentioned him yesterday. He's a Purdue. Um, I believe he'd be a graduate. He's got one year of eligibility, but he's a six four. Um, 300 and something. He's well over 300 pounds. He said, I believe he was on campus until today. And, uh, he said it's down to Auburn and Ole Miss and he's going to Ole Miss next. Um, a guy who was also in town that, uh, would, would really be a huge pickup for Auburn is Rondell Bothroyd. He was at Wake Forest this past year. He is a big time sack guy, uh, an edge. And I think that's, that's something that, uh, I mean, Auburn would love to add another there because I don't know still if they have a true edge. Elijah McAllister could be a strong side defensive end. Uh, he, he could possibly be an edge. Not really sure about that. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, and I think Auburn would like probably at least a dozen more players. And, um, you would think most of them would be targeted through the uh, transfer portal because most of the high school players have already signed. Now, um, Auburn's still obviously in the market for a quarterback. Word today that uh, perhaps both Brennan Armstrong and Spencer Sanders could be in over the next few days. Uh, Jamari Thrash, we talked about yesterday, the receiver. I thought it was really interesting what he said today, though. He said he had had his mind made up where he was going to go, but Auburn gave him something to think about. So that tells you, oh, Auburn definitely was not the school where he was thinking of going. So you, you, you hope that Auburn left a very good impression because I'm assuming he's going to that other place that he thought he was going to go, and Auburn could use a big play receiver. And the uh, Troop um, the, 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 the troop County High School product there out of LaGrange had over 1,000 yards receiving this year would be a big, big pickup for um for, for Auburn. So, so yeah, those are some of the guys that have been in some of the numbers there. Um, I know we're approaching the uh, bottom of the hour break. Wanted to give Greg plenty of time. Greg, if you can hang on.
We've got the uh, bottom of the hour break. It, shouldn't it be running? It should, but it's not a hard start. Okay. I was going to say, I was looking at the time. I thought, yeah, I, I need to uh, shut up. And then I realized, hey, the music's not playing yet. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Greg, hold on. You're up when we come back here on the Thursday Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 27 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill and Drew here in the studio taking your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline, and let's get right to it. And Greg, thanks for hanging on, man. How you doing? Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year. How y'all doing today? Pretty good. Well, I tell you what, that's a, that was an ugly game last night. It, it really, that, really was, yeah. Man, uh, before I get to that, you know, this football team, uh, I think he's going. There's going to be some pieces in there, and I think he's trying to try to get maybe maybe hit a couple lightning in the pan, uh, guys. And uh, either way it goes, though, I'm gonna tell y'all, uh, they'll be a better coach team than there was. I think if it was if it was coached better this past year, they, they was they was better than a five win team. Oh, you're right. Uh, I agree. But they're gonna be thin, uh, and. There's going to be thin at key positions that you don't need to be thin at, which, you know, that is how it is. Until Auburn uh, builds a consistency and shows that they can win and and prove his system, and, you know, these guys, they, they pay attention to that. I mean, it's, it's, they go, you got to win. You got to win or you ain't going to get the big dogs like you want to get them. Uh, regardless of the NIL and all this other mess, you know, this, this, this running the sport, in my opinion, but, you know, I guess – they don't matter about my opinion anymore about that crap. But yeah, they um, didn't ask me. Yeah, they don't. I, I, I get everybody needs some help. I get that. But uh, speaking of help, there's a couple guys on that basketball team that uh, I tell you what, they better enjoy it. Uh, getting a paycheck like they get because that's really what they get. They, they won't call it nil, whatever. They getting a paycheck and they can't get fired. So uh, enjoy it while it lasts. That's, that's the last time that's going to happen. The last time, but. Uh, the problem you got with that team is there is a dis. To me, it looks like there's a disconnect, and I've heard you know listen, you know, coach speak, and, and uh, even listen to Stephen Pearl the other day. Uh, I think he, I think, I think he came on. He came on one of the shows I listened to. And you got a lot of guys that don't talk a lot. Uh, the team don't seem. There's it, some issues in the locker room. I think not big time issues, but. You got guys out there that's, uh, I don't know if you got an ego problem with somebody. I mean, you got a couple guys that think they might, they, they think they this good and, they, and actually they really this good and need to be more of a team player. But I think this is what you get, uh, when you don't have an alpha. This is be honest with you. You get a, you, you get a couple betas. I don't even know if you say a team full of betas, but you got no alpha on that team, uh, for these other guys to follow the lead on. 
like you had last year when you had a Jabari. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing that made Jabari such a special player, him and Kessler both, uh, was they elevated the play of their teammates. And they also hit some, some deficiencies that they had. And, uh, you know, Johnny Broom last night played tough, you know. Uh, the Green had an off-night shooting. And there was a lot of hesitation I was seeing. And, and the turnovers, it's just, this is sloppy play at times. Like, they'll do something like, you know, you know they're capable of it. Uh, Jayla Williams, 15 foot in. My gosh, get him your daggone ball. Uh, but yeah, boy, just, he, he really struggled, though, last night. That was, um, uh, the, and Bruce talked about it. I mean, he can't go one for nine. I mean, he goes one nine. for nine, the Auburn doesn't have a chance. Where, where did Wendell Green go? Two for 12? Uh, yeah, and 0 for 6 from three. Man, you know, that's. Taking bad shots, hesitating on good shots. I mean, this this team, I, it, it was frustrating. It was they will get better, but here's the problem: so everybody else will get better too. Um, they just they're gonna have nights so, you know they they're gonna be on and they're gonna have nights that they're off. And when they're off, they gotta learn how to not be as sloppy and pick mm-hmm. their defense bend up. And uh, we'll see how far that goes. You know, and just me looking at the team, and I had the feeling. Watching them, you know, up to this point, I I'd be happy to be a 500 SEC team uh, with with what you got on this team. Because I think uh, we're expecting more out of Trey. Or I don't really know what's going on there, uh, but you're expecting more out of him. But I'm gonna hang up. Listen, guys, you know, uh, enjoy the show, man. Hey, y'all have a good day, Warrior. Appreciate the call, Greg. Yeah, I mean, Yoan and Chance were were guys that I mean, I think I think everyone maybe the expectations were just too high, but I mean, very highly touted guys, and uh, uh, Yoan sort of just making the transition to playing against this level of competition all the time. Chance just hasn't been healthy, but those those two guys, I think the expectation, and it, I don't know that it's that unfounded that you would expect a top, you know, a top uh, fifty national prospect is going to be able to step right in and uh, be, in a, be an immediate contributor and, and, and make big-time plays. I mean, instead, you're only getting, you know, five to ten minutes a game out of Yoan and, uh, and, and lately not much, not that much out of chance. And, you know, those are a couple of guys that were expected to really add some offense, and that's, that's Auburn's big problem. I mean, they, they are just not a very good offensive team. Auburn, one of the things I was getting to a little while ago, is if you're not a good three-point shooting team and you've got some guys that can can play in the paint, and I, I think with uh, Janai Broom, um, Jalen, Chris Moore, you, you've got some guys that can can uh, create some problems there inside. Look, teams are yes, teams are going to want to sag back in and and give you some such, but Auburn doesn't seem to force it inside. I think as much as they should. You don't need to be taking 28 three pointers. Um, I mean, Georgia only took, what did Georgia take? Half that? Yeah, 15 last night. Um, I'm not saying Auburn needs to, you know, try to limit it to no more than, you know, 15 threes a game. But it does seem that, it, that at times Auburn is, is willing to go ahead and just, you know, make a pass or so and just put up a three-pointer. And, and then the long rebounds are going all over the place. And you see, you, you end up seeing uh, some runouts with other teams. But... Uh, yeah, there are definitely some problems right now. Um, Auburn, Auburn has the ability defensively to stay in games. They, they did not play as well defensively last night. That's one of the things you heard Bruce Pearl talking about. 
guards not staying in front of their def- of their um, of the players they're defending and letting them get by, and you can't just rely on the back end to try to block every shot if they get by you. 334-321-1390, back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Terry is next. Hey, Terry. Hey, Bill. Bill, it's encouraging to hear the previous caller hear what you said as well. Uh, there is clearly a problem uh, in the locker room or on that coach or something. It's, it, the chemistry is just not there. As far as Wendell Green goes, I've never thought Wendell Green could create a shot. He's a great shooter, but he can't create his own shot. The guy's only, what, 5'9 half, so? Yeah, I think he's listed at 5'11. Was he yeah, five, he's listed at 5'11. He's, he's, he's not that. Yeah, what, what he really seems to be, and I've, I've said this a few times, he's an undersized two. He's an undersized right. two guard. Right. Yeah. Right. And he's not really a point guard. He's not a facilitator. Uh, I, I, you know, say this is somewhat jokingly, but somewhat true too. He reminds me of those guys that played one on one of them in their driveway and shot the ball from the other street. You yeah, know, and and, and he, that's what he reminds me of, and it just doesn't work at this level. Well, I mean, it it so. did it did a little more last year, but it helped when you had Jabari and Walker. I mean, you know, that's right, exactly. that's the thing that helps disguise some of the deficiencies, like uh, like like we were saying a little while ago. It also they're they're going to back off you a little bit. Because you've got players like that. Right. He's not going to be able to create. At that size, he cannot create his own shot. And that's, that's, that's what helps what you just said with, with Kessler and, and, and Jabari Smith that were beside him or surrounding him. Mm-hmm. So that's what has to happen. Uh, Bill, you were marking on the football thing. about tw- You said about 12 more. they got 11 guys possibly. About 12. You generally oversign like you like yes. Well, they've got 11 spots, so they're going to have room because you know they're going to be more players that leave. Uh, either here during the winter workouts or after spring ball, they're going to be more. They're, they'll they'll have 15 to 20 spots available, I feel, uh, very strongly. So they shouldn't have any trouble, um, you know, having those spots available. Now they just got to find the players to fill 12 to 16. Now, do you have a gut feeling at all about a quarterback? I mean, that's just a... No, I don't. You know, it's, it's, I, I really don't right now because I, I think Grayson McCall was the guy that was going mm-hmm. to be the guy. He was really interested in Auburn. I, for some reason, I just get the feeling that Spencer Sanders is someone that Auburn has sort of been keeping an eye on, but they're not really pushing just in case uh, a better option comes along. I don't know that that's Brennan Armstrong. Um, but it looks like both those guys are going to be in. But Auburn definitely needs somebody else in the quarterback room. What about the kid at Tulane? He hasn't entered the portal. I mean, oh, okay, yes. Okay. I mean, you know, there was a lot of buzz that he might, but Michael Pratt uh, thus far, uh, you know, he, he he made a statement the week before the ball game that he was staying at Tulane, and he hasn't gotten in the portal. Now he's still got, you know, he, he's got the you know two more weeks if he wants to get in the portal. But if he waits, if he waits much longer. He's not going to be able to go through spring ball at uh, very many right, well, places. Well, class on the 11th, correct? They start a week from yesterday, and uh, the 18th, the day before the portal closes, I believe, is the last day to add classes. So that's why they want to try to get as many guys in this weekend and next weekend, because after that, you can't enroll. Well, I mean, uh, you got to give Coach Freeze credit. You, I mean, you want a quarterback and you want a big-time receiver. Auburn's desperate need of a quarterback for just the room and a receiver. We all know the need there. But they've been so deficient on the offensive and defensive lines for so long. He's addressing what they what needed to be addressed many years ago. Uh, and it can't hurt. Uh, it can't hurt quarterback prospects looking and and seeing if they can add some more guys there on on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, exactly. And that's again, if I'm a quarterback with, I, I kind of had a good feeling, personally speaking, about the kid at Virginia. So that's just me, though. 
Well, I mean, uh, he's he's uh, according to a couple according to a couple of folks I've talked to, he is expected in over the next few days. Interesting, gonna be interesting. Well, appreciate you. Take care. All right. Appreciate it, Terry. 334-321-1390. Yeah, it'll be interesting. All right, another guy that I didn't mention while we were going through some of the guys that have been in, a uh, player that just entered the portal yesterday, DeMario Tolan, is a uh, freshman linebacker uh, at LSU. He's from down in Florida. Auburn was was in on him last year, and it just seemed like didn't really push that hard. He wound up at LSU, and Brian Kelly had some nice things to say about him um, back, uh, I guess it was early November, he said, you know, here's a guy to keep an eye on. Talked about he thought the combination down the road of Harold Perkins and this young linebacker would be something that would, could be really scary for a lot of SEC schools. I, Like I said, I've said it, I think, just about every day when we've been talking about the portal, I think Auburn could could use some help there at linebacker as well. Tolan's not the biggest guy, um, but Auburn's had a lot of success with with uh, you know guys that aren't two hundred and thirty five pounds, I think he's more in the you know six one six two two ten range, something like that. But um, he could be a nice pickup, and I believe, yeah, I believe he is uh, either on campus today or has already been in. Oh, sounds like Dan may be calling in. So we'll tell you what we'll do is we'll get to our final break. My goodness, everybody heard that one. I sure did. That 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 could wake you up. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. Stick with us here on the Thursday Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final segment of hour number one of The Drive here on this Thursday. Bill and Drew here in the studio, and I believe we may uh, we, we may have Dan Peck on the other end of the line here. Dan, how you doing, man? The the rumors are true, Bill. I, I hope you guys can hear me. I am in uh, I'm in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Troy and Arkansas State uh, going to tip off at seven o'clock, and yeah, we got a got a little bit of time uh, before the uh, broadcast gets going. So I thought I'd uh, I thought I thought I'd chime in see see how things are going. Over at the uh, at the day job. Well, uh, yeah. Let's see. The uh, um, everybody not not terribly pleased after the performance last night in Athens by Auburn basketball. Yeah, and, and I think what's troubling too is the possibility that that wasn't like a blip on the radar, right? It wasn't a bunch of out of care. I mean, I mean, Auburn made mistakes, but uh, you know, I, I just I wonder where improvement comes from. I know Bruce. You know, pointed to Jalen Williams going one of nine right. as, as something that just can't happen, and he, and he's probably right. Um, but in general, you know, it just it just seems like that was a uh, a disappointing performance uh, for for a team that that has aspirations of winning the regular season title again. Well, here here's the concern. I mean, and, and Georgia is better than uh, than than people thought they would be, and I think they will be better. They'll finish higher, but but the two teams Auburn has played were projected to be middle of the pack or lower in the SEC. And they had to come from down seven at home at the half against Florida, a Florida team that lost at home last night to Texas A&M. And then 
Despite uh, A&M, despite A&M forgetting their jersey. Yeah, at the yeah, hotel. and start, how, how starting that? starting the game off with a technical uh, before the, before the game even started. They're down, you know, they're, they're already down. But no, that that's not a great Florida team that Auburn had its hands full with. And then last night in Athens, I mean, Georgia controlled the game from the opening, you know, from the opening minute. Absolutely, I mean that, that's the way it played out, and you know you you just wonder if, if there's a if there's a turning point in this season, you know what what's going to be the catalyst, right? What's going to be the thing that sparks improved play uh, from Auburn, especially on the offensive end? Although defense was a big issue last night, I it think was. Auburn was was uh, you know they thought they'd fare better stopping Georgia in transition. They thought they'd fare better uh, stopping Georgia in the half court. And uh, while there are some talented veteran players and Georgia's better than they were for most of the Mark Fox era and probably all of the Tom Crean era in year one under Mike White, it's still, uh, yeah, it's, it's still hard to believe that there aren't, you know, eight, 10, 12 SEC teams as good or better uh, than the Georgia team that beat Auburn last night. Yeah, including the one that's coming in Saturday night in uh, Arkansas, uh, a, a team that dug themselves a hole and then came back against a pretty darn good Missouri team. Uh, the story of the league, I think, is the way Missouri has, has started has started the season so far. I mean, if you want to say that the story of the league is in Tuscaloosa, I understand uh, that point of view mm-hmm. uh, right now as well. But but no, that Missouri is um, Missouri is highly competitive and a team that. You know, maybe people didn't have on the radar coming into the season, but they are much better uh, than ex- than expectations said they were going to be. And Arkansas, on the other hand, even without Nick Smith, who's uh, you know hasn't played a hasn't played a minute of conference play so far, the the highly regarded freshman who uh, it sounds like he's going to miss the rest of the month, according to Eric Musselman's remarks earlier today. But even without uh, Nick Smith Jr., Arkansas still looks to be easily a top three team, and I would say by some by some margin, the best team Auburn has seen all year is the Arkansas team that Auburn will that, that Auburn will face on, on Saturday uh, at at Neville Arena. And yeah, it's just a uh, it's a quick turnaround and a deflating loss last night. Auburn's got to figure it out quickly because Arkansas is uh, Arkansas is really really good as as they've usually been under Eric Musselman. Oh yeah, I mean they they still have a couple of other five star freshmen and uh, tremendous talent brought in. Through the uh, through the transfer portal, and that's one of the things I was talking about just a couple of minutes ago. Um, you know, it's the, um, the the frustration that it has to be right now um, for for the team is. I mean, I, I know fans are frustrated, and the expectations were so high for Yoan Treor and and Chance Westry. Chance, uh, you know, a, a good part of it obviously is his health. But both those guys right now, it's it's hard to find a way to build their confidence. And Auburn really needs that. I mean, if you're looking for something to try to jumpstart, you'd love to see those guys. But it's hard to find an opportunity that you can just put them out there and go, okay, here it goes. Yeah, I mean, Bruce needs to trust that they're going to perform better than the veteran options, right? I mean, that that's that's what it, it takes because it's not just a matter of giving those players minutes. You also have to subtract minutes right. from somebody else in order to find uh, room for them in the rotation. And I can see why Bruce Pearl, a guy who has has relied on veterans, especially in the backcourt for, for much of his Auburn career, is uh, is is reluctant to turn things over to a uh, uh, to, to the young guys when he's got older players that have played so much for him in the last couple of years. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know where the 
uh, that the solution comes from. It you know it could be something that we're talking about game to game all season long. You know just based on how they performed uh, the night before. But but yeah, some some consistency. And you know you mentioned the two freshmen who haven't been playing a lot. You know I, I still wonder. I know it wasn't a great game last night, but you wonder if Trey Donaldson, uh, you know, playing more is is part of the. Uh, is, is part of the, the short-term or long-term solution uh, for Auburn because, uh, yeah, I mean, the spark's going to have to come from somewhere. Yeah, there's got to be a possibility. You're right. I mean, uh, and, and and they don't have to be guys. I mean, uh, Trey uh, does, doesn't have to be somebody that, that uh, you know, puts up eight threes a night or anything like that. I mean, he, he just needs to be somebody who um, facilitates, you know, distributes the ball, doesn't turn it over. I mean, he, make, he, he's still... Make your, make your, make your teammates better. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's it... Oh, absolutely. I, I hear the music playing. We've got to get to break. Um, what What's your schedule? When's, when's Tip, Dan? Well, tip, tip's not till 7. I could probably hang out for another segment or two, guys. All right. Sounds great. All right. We'll be back. Hour number one in the books. Stick with us. Come on in and join us, as a matter of fact, for hour number two of the Thursday Drive. WGZZ HD3 Waverly and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Christine Lisi. Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, is beginning to awaken as he has shown substantial improvement over the last 24 hours in his recovery after going into cardiac arrest during Monday night's game. This according to doctors at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center involved in his care. Hamlin is still considered critically ill and that significant progress is still needed. His neurological condition is intact. Dr. Timothy Pritz of the UC Medical Center. We were in the situation where we wanted to allow him to gradually you know, wake up as the rest of his uh, body was healing. Uh, and uh, last night he was able to um, emerge and uh, follow commands uh, and even ask uh, who had won the game. Dr. Pritz, one of the doctors involved in Hamlin's medical care. For the latest on this story, stay tuned to ESPN Radio and also tune into the tune into Sports Center on ESPN Television. Texas has fired men's basketball coach Chris Beard as he faces a felony domestic violence charge stemming from a December 12th incident involving his fiance. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits? And one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in to hour number two here on the Thursday edition of The Drive. 
Bill and Drew here in the studio. We are, uh, uh, I believe we have Dan Peck with us from Jonesboro, Arkansas, where the uh, Troy women's basketball team, the Troy Trojans, about to take on Arkansas State. Well, that's a couple of hours away, so Dan, uh, able to spend a little time with us here on The Drive as we welcome you into hour number two. And the second hour of The Drive is brought to you as usual by... The good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can join us on the Kia of Auburn hotline, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show. 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Uh, Drew is, uh, is there to, uh, uh, to, to, to read your texts if you want to be included in the show on the air. You can also, of course, uh, you can also listen to the podcast presented by Southeastern mm-hmm. Industrial Contractors. Go to ESPNAU.com, use the podcast center, or just search for The Drive with Bill Cameron on your favorite podcasting platform. RadioAlabama.net. That's right. Oh, is that the new one? Is that we're switching it over? Yeah. Uh huh. That's that's where that's where you find it. I I I, I, I the ESPNAU will still get you there, but it gets you over to RadioAlabama.net. So uh, so yeah, definitely check that out if you miss anything here on the drive. Um, hour number one. Well, I mean, obviously, Dan, the big story, the, the the big story nationally is is the 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 amazingly good news from Cincinnati about Demar Hamlin. Right, and that's something that you know. I, I was I was bracing myself. I think we all have you know, sure. sort of bracing ourselves for the possibility of bad news of the worst. Since, yes. since yeah, since Monday, and for uh, yeah, for 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 us to get this kind of news now, and you want to be guarded because this is still a very delicate medical situation that could change at any time. But you're right; it does seem to be very positive news about a a game that I think an incident that I don't think folks who were watching or folks who watched the coverage. Monday night are going to forget anytime soon. It's a it's a huge story. It's overshadowed the last week of the NFL regular season. It's thrown the playoffs into question, and I think most importantly, it's it's you know it's a life threatening situation for this young man. So yeah, it's ve- it's very good news to hear that he's making he's making these kind of strides so quickly. Yes, his uh, opening his eyes this morning, uh, able to uh, to to move his hands and feet. Uh, able to communicate by writing, and the first thing he wrote was, "Did we win?" Doctor saying he has uh, uh, gripped folks' hands, able to uh, with a with a strong grip. So I mean, just a tremendous improvement there, and and uh, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, continued great news there. But as as you as you said, Dan, uh, Drew, and I were talking here during the break. The uh, the NFL, you know, trying to determine what to do now. With the regular season coming to a conclusion without everybody playing the same number of games and playing, you know, playing the full schedule. Right. And I, I guess there's not a solution to this that doesn't create some kind of problem. I would probably lean towards letting Buffalo and Cincinnati finish the regular season with just the 16 games played and everyone else plays 17 and you use win percentage and that sort of thing. It just it feels like if you if you push the playoffs back a week and just have a week where the Bills and Bengals play, you're kind of punishing them because you give everyone else in the playoffs a bye while they have to play each other um if if you i I mean i guess you could 
I, I don't know. It seems like all the solutions seem very messy as far as finishing the game from Monday night. If you merely called it a you know a draw or you or you just didn't count it in the standings, I I, I mean I, I think that's probably the most fair solution for all parties involved. Uh, but I don't know what the NFL is going to do. Maybe it's very important for that game to be played, even if it causes. You know, the postseason to start a week late and, and the bye week between the conference championship games and the Super Bowl to uh, to go away. I mean, that that's certainly an option. I think I would lean towards not resuming the game and just just going with 16 games played for, for the Bengals and the Bills. Well, it looks like that's what it looks like. That's what it's going to be. Adam Schefter saying that uh, he doesn't think the NFL is going to resume the Bengals Bills. Uh, we're seeing uh, on Twitter that uh, some some folks saying uh, that the NFL is talking about adding an eighth team to the AFC playoffs, and they're no buy. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there are different things they're looking at, but it looks like just about everything doesn't involve with um, either uh, resuming or replaying that ball game. Right, and I guess, I mean, you look at teams that are a little, I mean, the Ravens get a little bit disadvantaged if, if you don't resume that game because Baltimore still had a chance to win their division if Buffalo had won on Monday. Uh, the game between Cincinnati and Baltimore on Sunday would be for the division title in the AFC North. Uh, if the game is not resumed, Cincinnati wins the division regardless of what happens on Sunday uh, against Baltimore. So there is, I mean, there is one team at least with, with a lot. And there's also the question of the one seed in the AFC playoffs. Mm-hmm. I know Cincinnati had a chance at it with two wins. Buffalo had a chance at it. With a pair of wins, Kansas City holds the one seed right now. So there, there was, you know, there, there were some playoff implications to sort out. Not necessarily a question of will Cincinnati or Buffalo get in. Nobody was playing for their playoff lives, or, or no, nobody was uh, was was trying. You know, the season wasn't on the line uh, for these teams needing to win out or anything like that. At the same time, that there are some implications, there are some ramifications of not playing this game, and so I, uh, you know, I just it. Even considering those ramifications, I don't know what solution wouldn't cause a lot of, right. you know, a lot of ripples in the pond for everyone else. So, yeah, I think that's it, it seems like as difficult as it is, I think the most sensible thing to do would be to just not resume that game and, and move on with the season. Uh, and, and again, that that's not as important as the as the, the health of, of DeMar Hamlin, but it is. Uh, it, it is a, a you know it's a, a pretty significant thing in the NFL as far oh, yes, as what to do you know what what to do with that game having uh, having not been finished and yeah just my my guess would be the the, the smartest thing for all parties is is to not play it but I, I don't know what they're going to do yeah because if they if they went with the uh, the first thing you said it would be like back in the day when there were ties and you'd have you know half games here and there and you know all 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 leagues like to try to have everyone play the same number of games um so they're going to have to try to figure out something it's going to be interesting to uh, follow uh, follow that along 3343211390 that's the uh, Kia of Auburn hotline anything on your mind sports wise uh we can talk uh, football, I've mentioned some of the uh, transfers that have been in. This is a crazy time, Dan, with this very short window, the five-day window here, and then uh, players, both high school, junior college, and transfer portal players can visit once again next weekend. But with schools starting back for the spring term all across the country, 
it's very important for players. I, I saw where one of the players that was visiting Auburn already has four visits planned and a possible fifth over this five days from starting yesterday through Sunday because they want to know, they, they, they want to have their decision made, and they want to be able to go through spring ball. Now, you know, there were a couple of players that we've talked about, you know, upon their entering the transfer portal uh, who, who made decisions. I know Sam Hartman. Uh, Notre Dame today, right. To Notre Dame, and that's, I mean, that that's as, I don't want to go so far. He's not Caleb Williams, you know. He's not no. someone who, who has multiple no, years good. of eligibility. But he is as good as any quarterback that went into the portal uh, this uh, this offseason. And, and he he had some incredible seasons there at Wake Forest. So I think that's a big pickup for uh, for Notre Dame. And, I mean, Sonny Dykes has, I mean, after after turning TCU around largely on the, the contributions of players in the portal, uh, now he's picked up a third Alabama player, right? Yep, Joe Trace, and Tom, yeah, yeah, Trey Sanders. Trey Sanders, after JoJo Earl and Tommy Brockmeyer uh, made the switch earlier in this uh, in, in this transfer season. Uh, now Trey Sanders coming to Sonny Dykes. And, you know, there was a, um, I think it was PTI yesterday, Bill, that was sort of arguing, you know, what is the... What, what is the future? Something we've been talking about a lot, you know, the future of high school recruiting and, and whether or not you're going to see more coaches decide, you know, maybe I'm not going to recruit high schoolers who can't play in year one anymore because there are too many veterans available in the transfer portal. And the ongoing success of programs like TCU and Ole Miss, I think, is going to make it mm-hmm. all the more alluring to maybe build your team largely through what you can find in the transfer portal year in and year out. Well, I mean, uh, we were talking some basketball a while ago. It's worked pretty well for Eric Musselman. Uh, he signed five stars and transfers. Right. And that was, and for college basketball, it made sense, you know, for, for a while to, to try to remake, you know, you want to be able to develop kids, but, but you might, you might need to go find impact players, whether it's, uh, you know, however you can find them, high school or in the portal, uh, with, College football, the numbers made you think, well, it's just too tough to build a roster that way year yeah. in and year out. <laughs> with with the number in the portal, I don't think that's true. And I could see why, you know, unless unless you feel great about the immediate future of a high school player, maybe you, mm-hmm. maybe you let him go and, and check in on him when he's back in the portal in a year or two, right? I mean, I just, I just think that's something that, that as – and I hate that for a lot of the high schoolers that – you know, used used to be able to have offers from major conference programs right out of high school. You know that their their offers are probably going to go to more veteran players. But I also totally understand why a coach would, you know, would would see the the benefit of bringing in someone who can help immediately rather than someone who may take a year or two to learn the the ropes of college football. Dan's in Jonesboro. Uh, Bill and Drew here in the studio, and let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Shane is up first. Hey, Shane. Hey guys, how are y'all today? Doing all right, Shane. Good to hear from you. Yes. Um, so first, I just wanted to, you know, say how happy it was to hear that uh, the the guy was able to um, have a little bit of a positive come out of this. You know, uh, well, well, two things. One, he's he's awake and, and moving a little bit, which is amazing. He's responsive. Two, yeah. Mm-hmm. And two, um, his his. Um, it, uh, oh, what was it? Um, the foundation? It was, about his foundation? His foundation is, is, yeah. has just exploded, which is, that just goes to show you how, how you know, you can have a lot of differences in this country about a lot of different things, but mm-hmm. some things we all can go, you know, get together and agree on, and this, was, this seemed like it was one of them. That was just, 
amazing to see a little bit of hope in this country as it is, you know, right now. That's what say that number one and 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 get that out out there because that was first. But now that the game or the game was postponed, you know, that's a, it's a lot of you know uh, what's going to happen with the seating and, and different scenarios. But but other than that, this was probably the if not one of the top two or three biggest games of the entire season in the mm-hmm. NFL. Um, for, for you know, just for the fan perspective. Um, that, 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 uh, you know, I know I have, I had been looking forward to this, these two teams, um, meeting and because they're just such good, good teams right now. And, 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 oh, it was the first, and, uh, it was the first, Shane, it was the first meeting between Josh Allen and Joe Burrow right. as, as pros. And, uh, you know, these are two of the, the brightest young stars at quarterback in the NFL, yeah. The, the Bills, you know, were, were, you know they're, they're two of the top three teams in the AFC right now in the records. I mean, there's a lot of, and it was Monday night. I mean, it was a, it was, it was a, it was a really, really big game. And, and I think it was, uh, that was, that was part of what made, you know, the, the incident on Monday yeah. night so incredible. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, just, just time stood still Brown. because, it, you know, it, yeah. if it had happened on an NFL Sunday, there's other stuff going on. Right. But when it's Monday night football, right. you know, it just, it just yeah. feels like it, the world came to a standstill focused. while, uh, while, while DeMar Hamlin, uh, was, uh, was, his status was uncertain. That and, um, you know, the, the, those two quarterbacks have never played against each other, like you said. But if you saw, if you saw, you know, they were, they were, you know, had arms around each other, which was, which was, that's amazing. Just thing, just to see, you know, camaraderie in the and 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 these guys uh, having never even probably talked probably before, and 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 then something like this comes up, and we're like, we're we're people. We're not. We're not. We're not adversaries. We're the, so, the solidarity was the solidarity was wonderful to see, it not just great. on the field Monday night afterwards, yeah. but I mean, it, you, you get the hope. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but but if we're if we're at the point where Demar Hamlin, you know, is able right. to communicate and is able to understand, you know, what's happened since Monday night, you know, the the outpouring of support on social media. It's like one of the few times that social media is almost uniformly good is when. Right. Something like this happens. Either a beloved figure passes away, or there's some sort of tragedy involving an admired, uh, you know, an admired athlete, and and the outpouring from from all corners of the entertainment world and and all over sports uh, in in support of Demar Hamlin was was really special to see, and the hope that he's going to get to understand, you know, what kind of support uh, he had behind him uh, while while he was going through this is is something else. You know, to hopefully to look forward to again, not not to get ahead of you know of things, but yeah. but that's something that could be really really cool to see uh, in the future. Do, do y'all know is is there, is there a, a like a decision deadline on, on if and when like any any sort of thing would would be happening? Um, oh, with 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 the with the resumption of the football game, I, I imagine they would need to to you know, you know if they're going to try to resume it, it would need to be decided shortly after the end of week eighteen, right? Well, at the latest, well, it, because if they don't. It, if they don't even, if they, like, so say they don't even, you know, resume it, because that seems like a hard thing to do right now. So how will they decide seating? And, and there's, there were a lot of implications that were involved in these two teams. You know, you'd, you'd, have, yeah, you'd have to sort of, as Dan said, just seed them on winning percentages, and then you'd have, uh, you, you know, you'd have fewer ties. Yeah, they, they actually yeah. they had a COVID protocol in place for game cancellations, uh, you know, in, in 2020, and the NFL ended up playing every game 
uh, scheduled in the in the 2020 season, uh, so they didn't have to go to they didn't have situations where teams were were vying for the same division championship and they hadn't played the same number of games. But yeah, they, I mean, they, they plan to go by win percentage. If you have a situation where a couple of teams only played 16 games and other teams played 17, it almost it almost ends up working out as though the teams tied in the mm-hmm. in, in right. the win percentage. If, if Monday night's game yeah. had ended in a tie, you know that that's sort of an easier way to break okay. down how the how the standings would work out. Okay, guys. Hey, um, we're Eagle, and um, we're just happy that that the guys is doing so much better. And and um, you know, it's it's uh, it was a it was a hor- horrific thing, but it was great to see a little positive come out of it. Um, so just wanted to say that, and um, I'll, I'll leave with that, guys. We're Eagle. Absolutely great to hear from you, Shane. We need to get to our first break, Dan. Can you stick with us for a few more minutes? Yeah, I got I got a few more minutes in me. I think. All right, and we've got uh, Dak when we come back here on the drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 22 minutes after 5 o'clock. Let's get right to the Kia of Auburn hotline because we have a full bank of calls and Dak is up first. Hey, Dak. Hey, guys. Good to, good to hear from y'all again. Uh, my question is with uh, there's one game left in the NFL, but if they make up, see, they have two games left, right? Buffalo and, and, uh, and Cincinnati because of the Monday night game. Well, I, well, if they were if they were to play seventeen, they would. But right. it, it so, look it looks like they're they're probably not going to play seventeen. Right. But no. Right. But, but his so, yeah. Jack's question is that that's right. Everyone's got one game left on the schedule, but there's also right. the question of finishing Monday night's game. Right. Right. So my so my thing is the only if you're not going to make that game up, the only fair thing to do is to just cut off the season right now. You understand right. what and, I'm saying? And there's no, and, and that's that's a fair solution. I think the issue there would be the NFL doesn't want to miss out on a week of television money from its I broadcast partners. Like that would be that would be a fair solution, and that that would limit the season to 16 games for everybody. Uh, but I that's also right. think that that would leave Fox and CBS and and and, uh, and other folks with a uh, with, with a big hole in the schedule. Absolutely. And then my other comments about our our basketball. Uh, you know, everybody seems like they're talking about how poorly we are on on offense and our shooting guards, but I'm concerned a lot about our defense. I mean, it seems like every since the Miami game of last year, people have figured out that, that they can just dribble around us and get and go to the basket. Tell me if I'm wrong. I, I may be wrong. Well, Georgia sure did last night, and, I mean, Auburn's been leading the nation in blocks, but you can't just count on the big guys having to protect everything, and that's what Bruce was talking about. Guards have got to keep their, uh, you right. know, keep their guy in front of them. Well, think about it. Going back all the way to last year, uh, I guess in the postseasons when I noticed it, how bad, uh, how easy it was. It seems like for guys to go around our guards and get by them, and and look at the Memphis guards, what they did to us. Yep. Uh, I mean, and so uh, to me, that on the defensive end is is as much concern as it is the offensive end. 
and uh, I'll hang up and listen to the rest of it, okay? Thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate the call, Jack. Yeah, I think part of it may just be the the comfort of knowing what you've got back there behind you. If somebody gets by you, you think you maybe overplay, go for a steal and try to get, you know, a fast break going. That You know, that's a really interesting question, though, from Dak, the, the notion of, you know, did, did Texas A&M and Miami provide something of a blueprint that teams have been utilizing since the end of last season against Auburn? I mean, I, I won't discount that. Um, because it does seem like some stuff that worked for Auburn at times in the regular season last year is uh, is a little bit more of a struggle. Mm-hmm. You also had Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler yeah. on last year's team who aren't there anymore. So, I mean, there's, there's other things, too. But, but no, I mean, A&M and Miami defended Auburn really, really well and attacked Auburn's defense mm-hmm. really, really well last season. A&M in the SEC tournament and then uh, Miami in the NCAA tournament. M- maybe teams are looking at that as something they can emulate. Yeah, that's a very good point. Appreciate the call, Dak. Uh, up next is John. Hey, John. Hey, guys. I'll be concise as I can. I was One thought, I was out at Seattle for the Washington game. Really amazing to see the amount of Auburn turnout they had out there um, for that. But one thought on basketball, um, I'm almost wondering if Auburn wouldn't be wise to consider just starting Donaldson at one and Lior at two. Um, the guards, the inability of guards to keep players in front of them and then the end of it, their, their, their size is preventing them from um, kind of penetrating. It seems to me you're going to see a lot of teams play a bunch of zone defense and say bomb from three, and they'd be mm-hmm. willing because Auburn cannot make shots from three-point land. So I'm wondering if that's what they need to do. And one other thought, I think Jay Will may be the best player on the on the team, but they're getting no production out of him right now, and I just don't know how you win a lot of games with that. I think Auburn may be challenged to make the NCAA tournament. I'd love to get Get you guys' thoughts. Yeah, I mean, two games into the SEC, like I said a little while ago, John, I mean, these aren't teams that are expected to finish at or near the top of the league, and it's it's really been a struggle. So some things some things definitely have to, to change. Uh, I know Bruce has been hesitant to play Lior for uh, for many minutes because of defensive concerns, but uh, but if his but if his other guys can't keep guards from getting around them, then um, you know, maybe you go with the offensive uh, alternative. I'm curious to see, you know, what changes, if any, are made to the rotation over the next couple of games, right? Like if, if Bruce sees this as, you know, the, the team that the guys in the rotation right now playing the minutes they're playing can write the ship and figure it out, or if, if things need to change. And if they change, how do they change? Because there's a couple mm-hmm. of options that maybe aren't in the rotation right now there are a couple options in the rotation that could see their minutes decline if someone were introduced into the rotation and that's uh that's something Bruce Pearl's going to have to uh going to have to navigate over the next couple of games if he wants to keep this team in the hunt for the postseason and everything that goes along with it back to the Kia of Auburn hotline and James is next hey James hey guys um I was going to talk about basketball but y'all talked about what I wanted to talk about so uh, I guess I'll have to change the subject a little bit. Hey, hey, it's your um, call, man. Go ahead. Yeah, what, yeah. What, um, where do you, what do you think, James? Uh, well, y'all pretty much everything where I was thinking on the basketball front, but uh, you know, really much ain't else to be said from my point of view. But um, I'll change the subject a little bit. What What is the deal with um, with Dallas? Where Where are they at? And they're running for the East Division in the NFL. 
I, I mean, I'm, I'm probably the lone cowboy fan that calls, but <laughs> no, you're, there, no, there, that, that is that is something we've we've had a couple of. I mean, especially when Joe Witt was in the uh, was in the conversation, right? You know, there there was more oh, yeah. Dallas talk on the show. Let me see if I can find the Cowboys. Cowboys right are a game I, I back of the Eagles right now. Yeah, Philly's in with a win. I think Dallas is in with a with a win and a and Philadelphia a loss. loss. They don't. Yeah. They don't play each other. It's 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 Giants Eagles. So yeah, I think the I think the Cowboys are still, and I think they're also they're in the mix for the one seed as well, right? Because you've got the Vikings, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. I think is the three teams that could still get the one seed. So if Philadelphia, and it, I haven't seen the latest. I didn't think Jalen Hurts was going to play this weekend. So that could make things a little bit more interesting. That Dallas is still alive for. Uh, for for everything in in the NFC, the one seed, the division, you know, it's all it's all in front of them. Tony Pollard hasn't played the last couple of weeks. He was such a spark for them offensively. You know, somebody who can complement Ezekiel Elliott. I think he needs to be healthy for Dallas to be as dangerous as they could be in the playoffs. But if Dallas, I mean, if if they can be approximating what they were a little bit earlier in the season, I I think they could very well be the best team in the NFC. Yeah, I kind of thought it. I, I felt the same way, Dan. I kind of thought it was funny that some of them on ESPN were talking about, well, Dallas beat Philadelphia with a backup, uh, the backup quarterback for Philadelphia. But yeah, if you, I mean, if you go back to the first game with Dallas and the Eagles, they beat Dallas's backup quarterback. So what does that really make much of a difference in those two? Hey, games? You got to play who you got. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and yeah. we'll tell you if they see each other in the playoffs. You know, those games, if, if both teams have their starting quarterbacks, it'll only tell us so much. But but no, I think Dallas has been a, uh, you know, especially once Dak got back into the fold and started playing really well. I mean, they, they've been as dangerous as anyone in the entire conference. And, yeah, they probably represent Jerry's best shot at a Super Bowl in uh, a couple of decades. But it's definitely the easiest path we've had in a while. So if we don't make it this year, we've got some questions to ask inside the organization. So, But thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Appreciate the call, James. Uh, Dan, yeah, we're, we're up against the uh, bottom of the hour break. Um, appreciate you uh, checking in from Jonesboro. What's the what's the outlook tonight? Um, you know what? These are two these are two potent scores. Former Auburn uh, player uh, Kia Patton is on uh-huh. Arkansas State, so I'm going to see Kia again after a couple of years. But yeah, hoping the Trojans can roll as they as they commonly do in Sun Belt play. But it's a good Arkansas State team we're seeing. All right. Well, good luck. Uh, have a good broadcast and then uh, safe trip back. All right. Talk to you guys soon. All right. Um, Dan checking in from Jonesboro. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. We'll check in with Zepp Jasper on the other side. So stick with us here on the Thursday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final 25 minutes or so here on this Thursday evening. Bill and Drew here in the studio. Dan in uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas, he'll be handling play-by-play of the uh, Troy, Arkansas State women's game coming up uh, in just, uh, well, about an hour and a half. Appreciate him joining us for a little while. But uh, we really appreciate right now being joined by Auburn senior guard Zepp Jasper. It's time for our Tiger Takes segment 
Brought to you by Alsobrook Law Group. When you need legal assistance, call Zach. He's got your back. Or find him on the web at alsolaw.com. And, uh, uh, Zepp, appreciate you uh, spending some time with us here this afternoon. Uh, tough, tough loss last night over in Athens to a, uh, to a much improved Georgia team. Oh, yeah. Um, tough loss um, to Georgia team last night. Pass off to them, to their coaching staff, players. Um, I feel like they had a pretty good game last night. They was, they was making shots, um, executing on all cylinders. And, um, you know, it was just one of those nights where we wasn't on. Um, they was on. They was going against a, a top 25 team in the nation. Um, and they just wanted to win more than us. Well, they, they were uh, they were obviously uh, really really fired up. I mean, they've got a uh, a first year coach there. He's not first year in the SEC. You you've gone against Mike White before, and uh, his teams uh, have have always given uh, given Bruce's teams tough tough matchups. So it was it was sort of the same thing last night. It was a game where it, it just didn't seem like you guys could ever really get it going. I mean, you had a couple of opportunities right there off the opening tip. Uh, can't quite score, and uh, and you're and you're battling from behind all night long. Um. Oh yeah. Um. You know, we played Florida last year. Well, where Mike White was at mm-hmm. um, at Florida. Um. We end, we ended up going one and one against um Mike White last year, and you knew coming into this game that it would be a tough game. Um. We was we was behind all game. You know, from the jump to the from the from the jump of the game, and I just feel like you know we didn't have enough energy, we didn't have enough pop, you know, to to, to win the game. You know, we we'll take the lead down by four or maybe six, and then next thing you know, they'll come down the court and make make a couple shots, and then you look back up, the lead is back to ten. So it's like you know, on all cylinders from offense, from defense, nothing was working for us last night. And you know, I, I know the fans are pretty frustrated. You know, to see that from last night, but you know, we got a chance to make it up to them. We got a chance to to beat a a top a top fifteen team um, that's coming in, which is the Arkansas team, and we can show people and we can show our fans that we aren't a fluke, that we can play, that we can stick with teams that are also, that are also good. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, we we were talking about it a little earlier. It seemed like it kept going. Cut it to four, and then it'd be eight in like thirty seconds. And you'd work back, cut it to four. It's one of those. T- it's tough when you're battling uphill all night long. And 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 again, I mean, the um, shots shots just weren't falling very much. It was a uh, uh, you know it, it it was a rough night for just about everybody trying to trying to shoot the ball. I thought Janai. Um, really played well there, both uh, offensively and defensively. See him get that, uh, not just a double-double, but a 22-12, and 12, I think uh, really speaks a lot as we, we see him continue to improve, it seems like, game after game. Oh, well, I thought he had a pretty good game. Um, you know, um, eliminated turnovers, he had an right. excellent game. Um, but, you know, if, we, if he could bring that in to Arkansas game, um, it would be awesome. It would be incredible because – you know, um, a lot of guys don't have a luxury big man like we do. Janai, he brings a lot to the table, and we love what he do. And, you know, he's just a you know a versatile big man who can guard, block shots, and give you some more offense. So, you know, if he keep improving like that, he'll show people why he's one of the best big men in the SEC. So, 
you know, like I say, Saturday will be a you know incredible game for us, just our whole team, our whole team to get back on track, get a great win on the planes, and just just appreciate our fans. You know, like I like I say, as in players, we see a lot of fans. We see we see their talks. We see what they say, whether it's good or bad. But you know, we always feel like you know you need negative negative thoughts and negative talk, you know, to to improve your game. You know, and and Saturday we needed that negative that negative no Wednesday we needed that negative talk to to influence us to win on Saturday against the top fifteen team. Yeah, you use use that as a little motivation, little uh, little, little chips that you have. I mean, because yeah, this this Arkansas team coming in, I know they're without a couple of their. Uh, uh, they're, they're more highly touted players, but uh, Coach Musselman's got a an, another really talented team coming in. Uh, I know you didn't get a chance to see because you guys were on the way back from uh, from Athens, but I mean Arkansas dug themselves a big hole against a pretty good uh, Missouri team, came back and won it. So I mean, what are some of the things that that you have seen in, in your scouting as you get ready for the Hogs? Um, well, they're a team, you know, full of fully um, highly ranked players. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Musman, he's a great coach, have great energy. Um, you know, from from my two years being in the SEC, he's always been one of the favorite coaches in the SEC. Um, they have a lot of buzz, and those guards, you know, as as I looked at scouts today, they're they're a driving team, transition type team. They like to get up, get it up the court, and you know, just you know, win. You know, they're a winning team, so. Um, their guards are their are their team. You know, Ricky Council, right? Um, Anthony Anthony Black. Black yeah. You know, just they they got they got a lot of guards, a lot of depth, and they come at you in di- many different ways. But I, I think they like twos better than threes. So it's going to be a game. You know, we're going to have to play defense. You know, defense will be key. Um, in this game, and it's going to be by stopping their guards. Um. Because they're a team who play with a lot of energy, mm-hmm. a lot of energy, and when they play with a lot of energy, it's hard to stop Arkansas. So, hey, um, we have to we have to stop them in transition. That's that's one of the mainly things we have to do. Because if we make a turnover, they're gonna dunk it. They're gonna score. You know, going on the other end. I was gonna say, uh, I would expect this is gonna be a pretty physical game. I mean, they're a team that always likes to get after teams defensively, and that's that's obviously been a trademark of Bruce Pearl's teams too. So I, I would expect, uh, uh, hope hope the officials uh, maybe can uh, hold the whistles just a little bit because I got a feeling there's gonna be there's gonna be a little bumping going on. Um. Oh yeah, it'd be a lot of bumping going on. Like I say, uh, two top twenty-five teams going at it. Um, we lost there last year, mm-hmm. so you know that's still in our that's still in our head. Even though I didn't get to play, um, I was back at the back at the um in the room watching that game, and when the fans ran on the court, you know I felt very bad. So it's one of those games where you got a circle on your list. Yeah, well, that's I was going to say that's one of those things that uh, you you got to take that as a compliment though when the fans rush the court when they beat you. I mean, you don't ever want to, You don't ever want to lose, but it's great when they rush the court when they do. Oh yeah, it, no doubt. It's always a, a great feeling to see, um, you know, being one of the top teams in the nation and having fans run on the court. You know, you see the, you see those things happen on TV. You never thought you was never thought you would put yourself in a position <laughs> where you have fans running on the court. I used to watch the Dukes, the Kentuckys, the UNCs, and every time they got beat, I used to be amazed on how fans go on the court. 
And now to put myself in this position to have fans run on the court, it just amazes me. And it shows that, you know, that you had a blue blood school and shows that, you know, you had a school that everyone wants to beat. So, you know, like I said, this game is a circle game. Um, we have to win this game without a doubt. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, say, uh, if, if they, they can lose this game, this is a game no. we have to win. We have to win this game to stay in the top 25 because we lost to a Georgia team. That's going to be predicted to win eight, predicted to be eight out of 13 in the league. But if we beat an Arkansas team that's maybe ranked one, two, or three in this league, we maybe can stay in the top 25. But if I'm guessing, we'll stay in the top 25 and we beat a good Arkansas team. Oh, I'd say, yeah, I'd, I'd say you absolutely will if you do that. And the other thing is, you want to keep up, uh, what, what, what every, what, you know, what you've had going, uh, at the arena. I mean, it's, it's home turf, defending the home turf. It's tough. It's tough for just about anybody to go on the road anywhere in this league and come out with a win. And you sure want to defend the turf with the, uh, Razorbacks coming in on Saturday night. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, we got the best home court advantage in the world, in the nation. You know, so, you know, we can't let nobody, you know, take that away from us. We can't let Arkansas come in here and, and we, we disappoint our fans. We want to, you know, have our fans excited, you know, after that loss, you know, from Georgia. So, you know, it's going to be full of energy, you know, full of positivity in this, in this Neville Arena. Um, and we just, like I say, we just want to, show the fans that, you know, we're really sorry for what happened at Georgia, and let's beat a, a, a great Arkansas team, you know, and, you know, get them back from last year, because, like I say, I didn't play last year against Arkansas because I was sick, mm-hmm. but I, I, I sure I sure was sad. I sure was hurting inside, you know, not being able to be there and having an Arkansas team beat us, and, you know, just see them run on the court and see those players have, you know, have fun, and, and to know, you know, they beat us, and to know they did that, you know, I want all Auburn fans to, to to please wear orange and please show up at the game. Let's let's make this one of the funnest games of the year. And as in players, we will make sure we reward y'all with a win. Yeah, there's no question. Neville will be rocking on Saturday night. Best of luck in that one, Zep. Uh, really appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us. Let everybody know how they can uh, keep up with everything that uh, you know that, that you've got going out there on social media. My Instagram handle is RIP underscore Q-U-A-N 12. My Twitter handle is R-I-P underscore Q-U-A-N 5. All right, Zep. Thanks again, man, and uh, good luck Saturday night. Thank y'all. Zep Jasper joining us as he does um, on Tiger Takes Thursdays at the bottom of the hour. Tiger Takes brought to you by Alsobrook Law Group, and uh, they're also on the web at Law. We'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Love for you to join in. Still time for you to get in on the Kia of Auburn Hotline, 334-321-1390, here on the Thursday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final few minutes here on this Thursday. 
Uh, we're going to let you, uh, and we still probably will, let you hear some of the comments from Janai Broom, who had the big ball game last night. But Auburn picking up a commitment while we were uh, talking with Zepp Jasper. Auburn getting a commitment from Gunnar Britton, who played a game, played for Western Kentucky at Auburn this year. One of the uh, top offensive tackles in the transfer portal uh, will play his final year. For the Tigers, so that gives Auburn two offensive tackle transfers, and they're definitely hoping to add at least one more. We mentioned a couple of other guys. Now, Damian George could be a guard or a tackle. Uh, I believe Marcellus Johnson is is a um, is a guard, but uh, um, but but Auburn adding uh, another nice addition, a six six uh, tackle there in Gunner Britton. Um, yeah, Damian George could be a tackle or, or a guard, but I mean, uh, uh, and still waiting to hear from a couple of other players, uh, Micah Mascua, I mentioned Marcellus Johnson, both those guys, uh, have been in already and moved on to other visits. Um, it sounds like Auburn's in really good shape for the, uh, former LSU linebacker that we were talking about, uh, a, a little while ago. So, I mean, uh, they there is already some news from the transfer portal, and that's good. And there could be some more here over the uh, over the next few days. All right, I wanted to uh, let you hear some of the comments before we ran out of time from uh, Janai Broom. Yeah, as Zepp said, I mean the the only thing that you look at, there were a couple of um, uh, a couple of turnovers that he would have loved to have had back uh, last night. But other than that, I mean, uh, a really good game for the ever improving. Uh, big man for the Tigers who had 22 points, 12 rebounds last night over in Athens. We got to do a better job at checking out, boxing out, um, get deep rebounds. Um, that's when all five of us on the court. Um, we got to do a better job at, you know, uh, being more disciplined, not, not so much gambling. That's pretty much it. Did you guys expect all those double teams and, and what, what made those difficult? Um, we were just it a little bit, uh, a little bit over the scout, uh, a little bit more than we expected, but we just got to adapt and adjust to it and be able to, you know, make plays out of it. What did Coach Pearl tell you guys after the game? Uh, you know, he said we got to fix a lot of things, but, you know, everything's fixable, and uh, let's get back to it, and uh, let's get the next one. Well, you know, guy, Terry Roberts, number zero, that's such a tough cover tonight. Um, he's a good point guard. Got, got some guys involved. He was able to score. He was able to get, get, get his spots, and uh, he was able to finish a lot of baskets. Uh, that's on me. Uh, I feel like I should have altered a little more of his shots, but I'll take the blame for that. They were daring you to shoot threes, and you made him pay a couple times. How much? How effective can that make you when you can hit those from outside, too? Uh, just a lot of work. I put in a lot of work. The coaches trust me. My teammates trust me to make that shot. So, uh, I mean, that's how they're going to play me. That's whatever. And that's uh, Janai Broom last night. Uh, uh, again, you can tell, I mean, yeah, he had a good ball game, but he's not going to be all, all excited when his team dropped a uh, game by 12 points to Georgia. Arkansas coming in Saturday, and, uh, yeah, Zepp Jasper was saying, you know, uh, hopefully a, 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 a crazy crowd on hand. It's a 730, yeah, I believe it. It's a 730 tip on Saturday night. So, 
um, you know, hopefully a great atmosphere. And as Auburn looks to continue, I think the Tigers have the third longest home court winning streak in the nation. So that's something they would uh, like to uh, like to continue is that winning streak. Uh, mentioning Auburn picking up a commitment from Gunner Britton, a 6'6", 300-pound tackle, originally out of Conway, South Carolina, who's been at Western Kentucky. Uh, he'll have one year of eligibility left. Quite a few players visiting the campus. Demario Tolan was the LSU linebacker that I was talking about a little while ago. And I'd said uh, he was somewhere in the, you know, last thing I'd seen was in the 6'2", 210 range or something like that. LSU this year, on, on the latest roster that he was on there for the bowl game was listed at 6'2", 222. So he's a little bigger than I thought, but he's another um, uh, very outs- a very good athlete. Auburn in Missouri. He's going to Missouri for the, uh, for the next day or so, and I think he's going to announce before the weekend is over. Maybe, um, yeah, um, uh, maybe even by Saturday, which school he's going to choose. But Auburn was very much a factor for him out of Phillips High School down in Orlando uh, before he chose LSU. So it looks like it looks like Auburn's in pretty good shape to perhaps add a linebacker there. It's going to be interesting to follow. Let's see, Brian Matthews will be uh, in the studio tomorrow, and uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get Brian's thoughts on all the, the player movement. Who else could be headed toward Auburn? as they uh, continue to host all these players here in the transfer portal. Also preview the Arkansas game coming up on Saturday night. So uh, so we really look forward to that. Thanks to, uh, uh, to, to, to Dan for joining in for a couple of segments from Jonesboro. And, of course, to Zepp Jasper for our Tiger takes here on the Thursday edition of The Drive. Again, Brian.